Hola, you are listening to Las Chicas del Crime, a podcast where tres amigas sit down and talk all true crime for Hispanic and American crimes. This episode of Las Chicas del Crime contains explicit content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. ¿Quién somos? I'm Osa. I'm Kat. And I'm Jen. Y somos las chicas del crime. Woo! All right. So, we back. We live. We rolling. Yes. I'm it excited is... to be back with the brothers. Facts, facts. I definitely um, want to say thanks for holding it down with the patience for uh, part two. Because your girl was dying for a little while. So, um. Happy to be back. I need a little recap. After like Chica's weekend, we've talked about so many different crimes. I will give you a recap. Yeah, 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 yeah. A quick synopsis. All right, so we have the Menendez family. Um, None other than the father was Jose Menendez from Cuba. Their mom was Mary Louise, a.k.a. Kitty. She was a native of Chicago. Um, They met in, in college, excuse me. And from there, they got married and decided to move to New York City, where they ended up having two boys, um, Joseph Lyle Menendez and Eric Galen Menendez. Um, Lyle, he goes by Lyle, by the way. Joseph will go by Lyle and Eric goes by Eric. Lyle is the oldest um, by like two years. Um, so they lived in New Jersey after their brief time in New York and New Jersey is where they really made their life, um, for some time. And then, um, they moved on to California. Um, California is really where they've, um, were mostly adultish. Uh, Jersey is where they were, they were there until they were about in middle school. Um, so, yeah, so that's the background on them. Um, a little okay. bit more specific. Um, Eric was, um, Eric recalled having a harsh childhood between his parents. They never really got along. Uh, the mom was very cold towards him, just never really approving or embracing or warm. She was always kind of angry and just very much um, emotionally unavailable towards him. Uh, she would often leave him locked in her closet for a long time. Um, whether that was due to him just misbehaving or he just was not doing good in school. He wasn't concentrating. Um, Eric was said to have a lot of different, uh, learning ailments. He was dyslexic. Um, he had, he had an issue with auditory direction. So like hearing things took him a while as opposed to seeing it. Um, so he just had a lot of different, um, specialized, uh, needs that his mom didn't seem to have like much patience for. So her solution was to shove him in the closet for hours at at a time. Um, that would even include, yeah, that would include him having to use the facilities out of a bucket in the closet. Um, sometimes if he even, she would even give him that because she would forget it. Um, you know, he would go hours without eating. There was even times where she would leave the house and he would be locked in this closet still. Um, or she'd actually just be laying across the way in her bed and she would just be there ignoring his complaints and his cries and, and all that. Um, so yeah. And then, um, when it came to the situation with his dad, his dad was very aggressive, 
Um, he, he just took things very seriously in terms of like sports. He was very hardcore on his kids. Um, they were actually very talented when it came to sports. They're super athletic and they actually were like in the four. Um, Eric was actually the 44th tennis player ranked out of the world. Um, at this time and that was probably when he was around like 16 years old so he wasn't even a full adult at that time um damn and he was that were, good already yeah they were also excellent swimmers eric more than lyle but they were excellent swimmers and um oftentimes some uh, some way that his dad will actually train them for swimming was by forcing them to stay underwater like literally holding their head underneath the water up until like they were legit like gasping for air fighting them really hard till they were about to pass out that was his way of getting them to expand their lungs to be able to be better swimmers um there was times where Kitty would leave Eric at the swimming school for a long time after practice. Um, honestly, estimating anywhere between like an hour or two after practice was over and it would it would be dark. It'd be cold because this was this was still in Jersey, by the way. Um, and so, yeah, so that was a little bit of what we had already talked about the last episode, but there's more information supporting a lot more of what Lyle and Eric went through in this new episode. Um, but yeah, so just to give you a little bit of a story of actually of Eric's, um, specific point of view as a child, um, that was a little bit of it. And I do want to reiterate though, that Eric was the kid that was more so not really seen out of both of them. They both were really not wanted nor loved nor seen, but Eric was more so the one that was pushed off to the side and we are about to get into why just now. Oh, yes. Um, I do want to give a big, huge trigger warning before I continue. This story is really graphic. Um, it is very triggering. Um, and just for a little, a lot of different reasons, uh, sexual assault, domestic violence, rape, etc. So I do want to give a huge trigger warning, not only just to young ears involved uh, listening, but overall, if this is something that could bother you, I highly recommend not listening to this episode. Um... Yeah, so let's get started. Okay. Oh, by the way, before I get started, a lot of my information came out from the newly released trial video. Um, their video, their trial was not always out to the public. It actually just was released maybe like a year or two ago. Um, so still pretty fresh. So there's a lot of um, podcasts and other things out there that are missing a lot of this information, um, which is cool. Obviously, they, they did what they could with what they had. But um, a lot of this is going to be first-person testimony from both Eric and Lyle. Um, I also got this information from Eric's documentary on Amazon, I believe it is. And it's called Eric Tells All. And it's him talking to the producers via phone in prison, telling his story. I highly recommend watching it. Um, both the trial and the documentary. The trial, you might want to skip through some stuff. But definitely to understand a lot more of what they went through, if you care, the trial definitely gives a lot insight on that. Um, okay. All right. Okay. So let's get to it. Um, so we have a little bit more of Lyle's story in this. And then it, and towards the end, it kind of mixes together. Um, so at the beginning, Lyle remembers his dad had like a very odd obsession with him it was a very weird like infatuation with lyle and lyle says that he believes it was because he carried on the name jose um which is the translation to joseph 
Um, and Jose was the family name of his father. It was his grandfather and so on and so forth. Um, and there was just like this standard for, I guess, the firstborns. Um, you know, especially with the name Jose, you know, his dad just saw him at a very different light. It was almost as said that like Jose treated him like he was the correct version of what Jose was supposed to be. Um, so because of this, there was just like a really hard set expectation on Lyle from the beginning, you know, from like the moment he gave breath, um, especially when it came to sports and his overall education and, and appearances. Um, Jose was basically living through Lyle. So Jose raised him to have these ridiculous standards, um, crazy work ethic, crazy methods, um, even starting as an, uh, from an early child. And I think a lot of this also stems because Jose came from such a well-known family from Cuba. His mom, um, I, like I said last episode, but to refresh as well, his mom was an Olympic swimmer and his dad was, uh, I believe a baseball player, if I'm not mistaken. Um, either way, they were very well known back in Cuba. And so I think that, you know, came, that was very just much instilled in Jose and he was drilling it into his kids. Um, where did I go? Where did I go? So, yeah. So throughout this time, a lot of, like I said, that attention went to Lyle. And because of that, Eric... Eric's apparent, uh, excuse me, Eric's appearance in around just was very insignificant. Um, you know, didn't really weigh much on to Jose. He was very much about making Lyle the star. And so much so that there was, there was times where Eric would be trying to get the attention or trying to at least get, you know, Jose to say something to him. And Jose would ignore him and then eventually turn around and be like, you know, you need to get out of here. Please leave or not even please leave, but get out all this stuff. And Eric wouldn't listen. He dead would stand there and just say like he, he would make a stance and he would just stand still and just stare off at Jose until Jose would literally get physical and physically make him move. That's how bad it was that Eric was trying to sit there and get the attention of his father in comparison to his brother. Um, Oh, wow. So much so that Lyle, yeah, so much so that Lyle said that he really doesn't remember Eric being pretty significant in his childhood up until maybe the eight, uh, the eight or ten range around there. Um, but a lot of it, he says that he just remembers his brother being in the background. Um, to add, though, Lyle says that he doesn't recall having really nice memories of his childhood. He never had friends. Um, him and his brother weren't even allowed off their property. Like they just weren't allowed to go anywhere if it wasn't with their parents. So he, you know, he grew up very sheltered and he said that pretty much the only enjoyment he ever really had was going to his grandparents' house because he felt like that's the only place where they were actually ever truly loved. Um, wow. I know. It probably felt like uh, it was like, kick it, kick it, get away. And like you said, mainly just because that's where he got real love from. Mm hmm. It was it's you know, it, it definitely was really sad what he was saying this stuff in his um, his uh, testimony. And mind you, during court, they're like 20 somethings and, you know, just a very emotional, raw thing to watch. And, you know, it's just hard to have someone like admit that like they were only ever 
ever felt loved at a certain place, especially at such a young age. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so he says that his dad, that his parents were really strict, never let them off the property. Um, but he, they, they were really only allowed to have like sports in their lives. So that's where the swimming came and the tennis came. And um, Jose was just very rough. He would, you know, just like throw the throw Lyle in the water and do the same thing, like I mentioned to Eric, and hold his head down and expand his lungs, quote unquote. Right. Um, he would he would let like force him to um, use equipment that wasn't even his size, essentially to get his body used to more weight. Mind you, this is a kid. Um, and all, all through that, Lyle would plead to Kitty, like, hey, you know, I don't want to go to practice. Please do not let me go to swimming practice. I really don't want to go. Like, it was to the point where Jose would push him so much that he would end up vomiting during swim practice. That's crazy. Like, I'm listening to this, and I'm, like, placing myself in his shoes because I grew up a swimmer. Like, when I was in Columbia from the ages of, like, I don't know, six to the nine and a half, 10, maybe uh, I swam. Like I used to do Olympic swimming, diving and like the proper training. It's a little scary, but like, I definitely can imagine just having like your head pushed down till you literally almost can't breathe. And then I often I'm scared as fuck. Like, I don't want to do this. It's not fun anymore. Absolutely not. It's like you're literally, you know, being drowned pretty much at that point. So it's yeah. like, where is the enjoyment in that? So, okay, so real quick then, you having that experience, how would you say that they quote-unquote train swimmers to, a.k.a. expand lungs, like be able to hold your breath longer underwater? How is that done? Do you remember? Yeah, so, like, obviously, <laughs> I remember it, like, it was just the instructor telling us to get ourselves underwater for as long as we could. And every time we try to do it again, try to stay longer, try to stay down longer. Like when we feel like we can't mm -hmm. anymore, just hold them for a little bit more and then keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And I that's see. really how we were able to uh, hold our breaths for longer and longer. So it's just building up the ability to hold it underwater as opposed yeah. to being shoved. Yeah, <laughs> Correct. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I'm, all right, all right. It, I was very beginner swimming. I was very young. I don't know what it sounds like he did it very much. So semi-professionally. So if there's any other ways to do it more than that, I'm sure they are, but that's just beginner learning right. how to like hold your breath for longer and longer without getting fucking almost drunk <laughs> i mean i i would imagine it couldn't be that much different because it's like i get it yeah the main point is yes actually holding your breath underwater and practicing that over and over and over again so i would imagine that is something a part of it you know it can't be the whole part yeah. something yeah and like swimming yeah, not, too not you just pushed. build up yeah, and then, like, the more you do it, you just build up stack, uh, uh, stamina, all right, am I saying that oh, right? Stamina, saying yeah, that? stamina, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you, yeah, got yeah. It. you said it right, you said it right. And you just train your body to go for longer, like, that's what training is, you know, like, right. with it, as with any sport. Uh, but definitely that's a very abusive way. You know, like mm. people joke around and they say like you teach people how to swim by shoving them into the pool because- Right, like throwing them, them in, yeah. Them 
yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's funny and that's a joke. Yeah, it's a it's a flat five survival fucking mode. You're just trying to get out of the water because you don't want to drown. Yeah, correct. But to like physically hold them down, like that's just not the way. That ain't it. That ain't it. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. Um, <clears throat> sorry. I mean, yeah, like even he, they would be like boating sometimes and his dad would just like throw them in the water and just like, there was one time that like Eric straight up just was like almost literally drowning and Lyle went to save him and pulled him out of the water and Jose literally was like fucking flipping out on him and was like, don't fucking do that. You need to let your brother figure it out. He could have made it. He could have, he could have been fine. This, that, the third. And I'm like, how do you honestly, like, fight with your child for saving your other child? You know, like, how does that even make sense? Any sane parent definitely wouldn't be, like, attacking them for that. So yeah. I thought that was insane. It would be like, but... thanks for helping your fucking sibling. But no. Right, not exactly. Not over here like, oh, my God, no. Like, how could you fucking do that? Like, he straight up was telling him he could have made it. He could have made it. You didn't have to save him. I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, that was an example of how, like, insane this man was. Um, I mean, and, and listen to this. He was so strict on them that he was having 13-year-old Lyle start competitive, um, dieting. Not, like, competitive dieting, but, like, since he was already a competitive athlete at 13 years old, he basically was, like, um, on a strict diet, like an athletic diet is what I meant to say. Sorry, Mm -hmm. my words were not making sense. And so much so, this kid was playing tennis 35 to 40 hours a week at the age of 13. That is a 40-hour shift, (laughs) a 40-hour work week at the age of 13 playing tennis. Tennis. That's that's a lot. I mean, I don't know how many hours Serena and Venus put in, but that just sounds very outrageous. Right? I'm sure a lot of hours for sure, but probably not 35 to 40. Um, And I mean, he would even control like what he ate, like, hmm, sorry, like what he could and couldn't eat. And I was just like, at at, at a 13 years old, no child should be having food restrictions. Like they're just, I mean, like, like, of course, safely food restrictions, unless it's medically necessary or something like that, of course, unless there's like an actual medical reason for a child to have to be um on a diet of some kind there's no way there's no reason why you should be um making a child like strictly eat like this for you know yeah. for just competitive reasons like it's just not right. i mean i feel that but i also feel like and i'm not excusing the severity of the extremeness that it was in the brothers in the Menendez brothers case but i do kind of see no like there are athletes out there who they do unfortunately are in a strict diet leading up to while they're in training season uh but like now they're not 13 years old danger maybe look at gymnasts gymnasts start being professional olympic gymnasts at 14 so maybe you know i'm not and i'm saying right no yeah i agree i'm talking about the severity where the child's about to pass out Right. Right. No, that's what but I'm talking about. Severity. That are limited because it may blow them up. I don't know. It's so different with all kinds of sports. But, um, like for example, so like skateboarders, they need almost to even eat a lot because they are burning up so much fucking calories while they're out there fucking flipping on the skateboards and being in the sun and shit. Um, but 
it's yeah, definitely no, but a that, limit. But that's different. A that's the, yeah. That's definitely different in terms of at least what I meant. I'm just saying that like on a normal basis, a 13 year old shouldn't be getting, shouldn't not be eating certain things just because of like a you know. To this intensity is what I'm saying. Like right, right, right. Going Through going days with doing it. Right. Just there's just the severity of it. Cause I know there's obviously gymnasts, you know, can't eat a lot of sugars or, you know, can't eat a lot of carbs or whatever the case is, because you do have to keep your body in a certain shape. I get that. Definitely get that. I just think that if you're harming your child at that point Yeah, there's a difference. There's definitely a difference. Is it, is it really about the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's just crazy, like, how, how obsessive parents get over their own kids. Like, you know, even just, like, outside of this case, you know, we, I'm sure we've heard of it. Yeah, other period. Parents. In sports, period, yes. Oh, it can insane. definitely get really, really bad. And a lot of all kinds of sports. Basketball, like, baseball, all of them, all of them, all of them. Parents sometimes definitely do take over and uh, attempt to, like, live vicariously through their children yeah, and weird. it can get very serious and dangerous for the child for yeah so it does happen agreed. so yeah agreed um um all right so what was that where was i oh yeah so also a lot um lyle also touched on some parts with the, his relationship with his mom and that relationship was pretty tumultuous. Um, they never really got along. There was never really love there. There was never really any of that compassion or empathy. I mean, she didn't really have it towards either one of them. But for some reason, mm -hmm. she seemed more hostile towards Lyle, um, which actually not for some reason. We will definitely get into that one. Um, she definitely gets more hostile with Lyle and uses him as more so that escape to get out all the frustrations. Um, but a lot of what Lyle really experienced with his mom, he said was extreme abandonment. And that came from her literally taking them to the mall with her and leaving him, leaving them sitting somewhere for an hours on end. Like she would straight up go shopping, buy some stuff, like put the, bring the bag and like sit, sit it down with them, whatever, and then keep going. But there'd be times where she wouldn't even come and check on them for like hours on end. Um, and then there was time like it was getting to a point where she did that stuff so consistently that the people in the mall would eventually try to like page her over the intercom or whatever. And like she'd be found. Oh, my God. Yeah, it gets worse. And so she'd Stop. get found or whatever. And then she would tell them, oh, that's fine. I know where they are. I left them there. No worries. Oh my wow. God. None of them would have to page her to come get her children. Oh my God. And then the, I know where they are. Well, bitch, come get them. The fuck? <laughs> come They're get not the mall securities kids. kids. Like, what are you doing? So, um,. Eventually, she would come and get the kids because, duh, she needed to come get her children before the cops were called on her and stuff. And then she went to go get them. Mm -hmm. Lyle remembers her always telling them stuff like, I didn't want you in the first place. I don't want you now. You get in the way and you ruin my life. Like, she, that was something she said to them very often. Um, There was even oh a time. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. She... I'm so mad that, like, that's really rough and you're, like, just scratching the surface with how bad it was. <laughs> 
<sighs> Hang on tight. So, um, Lyle also recalls that there was one time where they were at the airport. At the airport. About to go on a, like, a trip or something. And she leaves them at the luggage claim. Oh my God. Just drops them off like two pieces of luggage. Dead ass. Just leaves them there at the luggage uh, claim. <laughs> luggage claim. <laughs> <laughs> and he, Lyle recalls just like he didn't even know what to do. He just sat there. He says he remembers a very long time went by and his mom just was nowhere to be found. Eric was crying. He was uncomfortable. He was hungry. You know, they're kids. And Eric is like at least two and a half years younger than, than Lyle. So, how was Lyle supposed to take care of this kid at this point? Because they're not old enough. Um, he, I don't even think they were, they weren't even like 10 years old yet. So, um, yeah, very long time passes when she comes back to get him. And he says that he remembers being so deadly afraid of just everything that had just happened to them. And the fact that he was just like, oh my God, my mom just left me here. That... He didn't even want to say anything to her because he was also afraid of her. And he was afraid that if he said something, she would, like, explode on him and, like, say all these mean things and just say, you know, like, I hate you. I don't want you. You know, I never wanted you to begin with. You um, ruined my life. She even said some things as to part, like, you ruined my marriage. You took my husband from me. Like, some oh, crazy shit. bitch. Bitch. Yeah, you, yeah. Now you was, took my husband sick. from me. It Shut was pretty the fuck sick. Up. These are your kids. I cannot. Was, I cannot. Yeah, it was. It was pretty sick. Like she resented, she resented Lyle and Eric a lot because Jose was just so invested in their sports and in their extracurriculars, trying to make them the perfect athletes. That like he rarely ever paid attention to her, and so she resented them for it. Um, and there was another, there was another ab abandonment episode at the mall and it happened to be so bad that like the security guards, not only are they w used to it, I guess, but they started teasing these little kids. How no. are you two grown ass men teasing two little boys? Obviously you realize their mother is unwell. If you repeatedly see them being abandoned here, pretty much, you know what I'm saying? They went off and started saying all these things as, oh, your mom abandoned you. What are you going to do now? Oh, you're going to have to sleep here. Like, just teasing them. And mind you, these are little children. Little children. I'm like, bro, mm -hmm. really, adults, uh, some adults just are not shit. Yeah. So, eventually, she comes, back and, she comes back and she gets them. And she starts telling them, you ruined my life. I could have been, in, uh, I could have had a great career in broadcasting. Um, but you came along and, and ruined everything. And now her husband's always neglecting her and feeling her, make, making her feel unloved and basically blaming that on Lyle and Eric. Um, but to kind of sidebar and talk about Kitty for a second, using my psycho, my psychology background, I, I have to say that this woman was definitely going through a severe mental breakdown, if not some severe postpartum depression. And honestly, she definitely was bipolar. Um, that was for a definite, her, her erratic episodes, the way she would just bolt out and scream at her children for nothing. She was easily triggered, um, irritable, uh, you know, she would isolate for eight days on end or her, um, her attitude and her behavior would be just very erratic for days on end. 
Um, you know, she was just very much high and low, but there was never any warmth. There was never a, an association with that, with her kids. She was very much detached, very much always in her head, um, always, um, you know, feeling like her kids were against her, um, kind of like a delirium of persecution type of thing. So that's also kind of showing yeah, signs of schizophrenia. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, she just had a lot of, a lot of issues, which kind of also I'm led to believe stemmed from her childhood because she was raised in an abusive home as well. So, um, you know, she just seemed to have a lot of really negative, hard, fucked up emotions, especially towards her kids. And she never wanted kids. Um, she never wanted kids. And actually I will touch base on that in a second, but where was I? Oh, yeah. So um, at this point, Kitty was just always showing resentment for her sons. Um, and it was, like I mentioned earlier, it's because a lot of the games and the sports and all that stuff. And she felt like she gave up her life for these two kids who ultimately are taking her life away from her as well. Um, oh, and this was the part where Lyle then came to learn that Jose had actually given Kitty an ultimatum because she didn't want kids. And so he said, you either stay home with my children and raise them or, um, you know, you leave. Wow. Yeah. So she stayed. Oh. And she had her kids because he wanted them. Mm -hmm. And so obviously now you can see where a lot of that resentment towards her kids were was built because she didn't want them to begin with. So the fact that she felt forced to have to give her her life. Yeah. <clears throat> but my thing is also like he gave you the ultimatum. You could have fucking left. You know what I mean? But then again, I'm not here to shame. I'm not here to judge. Right. In my situation, I know that when you are in this abusive relationships, it's not that easy to leave. So I'm not here to judge. But again, you know, if you didn't want children, then you should have always been been trying to defend that much. Like you couldn't have these kids shouldn't be paying the price for this. You know what I mean? That's ultimately what I'm saying. Um, fuck, where did I leave my place? Oh. So, yeah, so she was just, you know, the type of woman to get into fit of uh, fits and rages and just kind of start yelling terrible things to her, her boys and very much using them as a scapegoat for all of her um, emotions. And I want to also highlight that a lot of this stuff that's taking place and a lot of this rage that's being given transpired into her children is about when Lyle is around the age of seven. Mm, okay. Which means that Eric is five. So imagine a five and seven year old hearing I hate you and all this stuff all day long. Yeah. And, you know, never really being loved on and stuff like that. Like, that'll really fuck you up. Yeah, it's very and... traumatic. It's... Absolutely. So as Lyle grew and, and you know, um, developed more and whatnot, he became very ridiculed and judged by his father because... Although he had this like this weird love for him and obsession with the whole firstborn thing, he also was very hard on him and was very critical of him and was just very judgmental. Um, Lyle also had some different, um, you know, abilities and 
he couldn't enunciate properly. He had um, a speech impediment. And he, Jose made a lot of fun of him for that. He also made fun of Lyle for the way he walked and would quack behind him like a duck, insinuating that oh Lyle God. looked like a duck when he walked. Um, so just just think of this type of, you know, criticism and ridicule from your parents um, all the time for no fucking reason. You know, just basically them just like letting off all the steam onto you and pointing out all of your flaws constantly and just like, you know, just fucking yeah, and it doesn't help at all that it's not just one of the parents. It's both of them attacking them all the time, 24-7, making them feel belittling them and ridiculing them and making them feel like they're not important, they're no one's, yeah. they're nobody's. When your parents are, like, the ones who built you up as you grow up, and they're getting yeah. the complete opposite. And in an abusive that. way at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. This supposed to give you self-esteem. It's supposed to help you fight this shit from other people, not from them. You know what I mean? Like, because stuff like this is going to... We're all made fun of to some degree by outsiders. You know what I mean? But, of course, coming from your parents, like we're saying, is just a completely different type of mindfuck. It's, it's just so wrong. Um, and it doesn't even stop there. I'm not even... I'm not even cutting an inch of the cake in yet so um jose was so brutal with him as well that there was times where lyle would get in trouble for just minuscule shit it can honestly be just the smallest thing depending on even what mood jose was in yo jose would literally grab him and throw him outside in the backyard he said he literally would get flung outside and he they wouldn't even let him in sometimes he would have to sleep in the doghouse so there came a point there came a point he said that he would just leave things in the doghouse like a blanket a pillow snacks and stuff like that because there was times where he would just be out there for hours on end he fucking adopted adapted to the fucking conditions that his parents would put him in that sad absolutely um but This is where I'm going to start talking about their true nightmare going on behind the Menendez's door. Super trigger warning starts now. I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, I've been kind of teeter-tottering in between their adolescence, um, but we're going to go back to where they're about six years old. Six years old was a year, or six years old was the age that their father really had them start sports. And with that came a method that Jose would use on his sons, and it was called relaxation. That's what he coined it to the boys. Obviously, we all know what relaxation means, but he coined that specifically to them. Already don't like it. What came with that was a massage. After practices and after games, Jose would lay down with Lyle and give him body massages. They would have talks, and he would talk to him about how the the game went and all this stuff or whatever. And then eventually he would start to instruct instruct Lyle to what to do. His instructions would be anywhere from get naked and fondle him and have Lyle do, or he would fondle Lyle and have Lyle do the same thing. This would take place about two to three times a week in Lyle's bedroom. Mind you, he's six years old. Wow. 
Bitch, I'm ready to throw some At the age of Yeah. At the age of seven, things started to change. This is when Jose would take Lyle into the bathroom and put Lyle on his knees and guide him into movements. He taught Lyle how to perform oral sex. He then also began to sodomize him with a toothbrush and shaving utensils, calling the calling these object sessions. And it was so heartbreaking hearing this part in the child because, like, Lyle is literally just breaking down talking about this. Like, just, he couldn't Bitch. even talk. He couldn't My jaw talk. is and to it, the ground. <clears throat> and as he's talking about this testimony, they show the, because they're, they're, trial, they're being tried at, at the same time. The brothers are in the same courtroom. And one yeah. jury, one jury, depending on who's being tried that day, it, their jury's in the jury box and their other jury's watching. So that way, both juries are always paying attention to all of the details being shared. And you can see while Lyle is giving his testimony, you, they show Eric and Eric is just breaking down. The veins just popping out of his face. Like, the... It was almost as if it was a cry of disgust type of thing. You know, because it, their their secret was coming out publicly. Yeah, right. So, Something that fucking was, just deal it was, with. It was so hard to watch. Um, Lyle continued on to talk about how at after this point, he then started to rape him. Um, he recalls Lyle screaming. He, he recalls himself screaming and telling him to stop. Um, and that he didn't want him to do it and all that stuff and letting him know that it hurt. And then when he was done, Jose would kind of console him and let him know that he loved him and that he didn't want him to hurt him and that this was just something very special between them two and that he would get used to it. Okay. I mean, I may get ahead of myself. We may eventually get there. You can say you will find out. But did the motherfucking mom know this was going on? We'll get there. Okay. We will get there. Um, so at this point, Jose starts to groom Lyle with telling him how this is just a very special father and son relationship and how there is a very special history in their family between the firstborn and the father and how, um, you know, this is just something that's done out of love and that every father does this with their firstborn and that it's continued to every firstborn and their father. Basically, it's just a cycle that they're just supposed to continue, which obviously leads you to believe what? Oh, my God. Man, when I found that part out, I was like, so this has been going back to who knows how fucking long, because if this is a whole special family fucking what the hell, no, but I mean, I don't know. And then, but, but I want, I want to say, I do want to specify that there is witness testimony of Jose's siblings supporting previous. No. Okay. Okay. He's not, he's not making this shit up in the sense that Lyle's telling him what his father said, but uh, yeah, his father could have been making it up, but no, there is. Witness testimony letting us to believe in understanding that this cycle of abuse started from Jose's childhood as well. Okay, that's um, what I mean. Like, the dad making it up. I absolutely believe the brothers. So, clearly, this is an extensive fucking process of grooming. Like, this shit is just insane. So, yeah. um... 
Mm, where'd I go? Where'd I go? Where'd I go? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and then the grooming continues as far as, so as far as to say that he educated Lyle at a very young age. And I don't know how true this is because I don't remember learning about, I, I remember learning about the Greeks and the Romans, but I don't remember this detail. So correct me. Let me know if this is true or not. But Jose said that there was times in the battles where the men in the battlefield would eventually have sex with each other to bond before battle. He also would say that there would be like traveling professors of some kind that would have arrangements with their students, special students, um, young boys, that would be basically an appointment to have sex with them and touch each other. So he's finding different stories in different ways and different lessons, quote unquote, to show him how this is normal. Yeah, no. I was like, Mm-mm. you know, I know there was a lot of homosexuality in, in the Greek and Romans era. I do know that. But I don't know how legitimate this specific type of story is. Right. But right, it's right, just right. the fact that, like, you're sitting there twisting this shit to your own benefit for your disadvantage on top right. of that. <clears throat> sick as fuck. So sick. Um the grooming Ugh. continues and remember how I stated that Jose was a very big executive in the entertainment industry so he had he had access to a whole bunch of different types of videos and productions and all that shit. Mm. Meaning in their house um there was a, they would eventually come to find out that there would be porn videos that were casually shown to Lyle and Eric. And in these porn videos, they come to find that it was very aggressive sex being shown, things such as gang rape, group assaults, and other pornographic um, aggravated assault stories. What the Which fuck, is- bro? Which, like, showing showing porn to your kids is already fucking weird and awkward and just disturbing and, and, and not natural. to show these kinds of motherfucking porn videos. Exactly. Because wow. I'm not saying watching porn is not normal. Because, I mean, once you're old enough, yes, go ahead and, right. and rock your socks off. You feel me? But do what you got to do. But these are children. And then, like, they're abusive representations of right don't be showing aggressive porn as sexual education because that is not this ain't it no this ain't it so eventually things led to also jose taking pictures of the boys and um they would be naked pictures of their private parts of them in certain positions and things like that um the boys were never really shown these pictures according to them, but they do remember taking them. Eventually, the pictures were shown in trial. It was very disturbing. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, I want to make a quick tidbit, by the by the way. This case was actually the very first case to start Court TV. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. The Menendez trial wow. was the very first trial to ever be televised. Wow. Mm-hmm. Who love me some court TV. But also remember that in my next episode because um okay. yeah. So we'll get to that. But um 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 where was I? Oh so you asked me if the mom knew. Yeah, what mm. the fuck was Kitty doing while the show was fucking happening? 
So Lyle confronts his mom and tells Kitty that his dad has been touching him and that he wants him to stop and to please tell dad to stop doing this because it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. And Kitty replies, stop it, you're exaggerating, and that his dad has to punish him when he does things wrong, but that it's done out of love. Oh, what the fuck? Okay, so you know, as I guess if you listen to the first one, I made it clear, I don't know many details about this case. All I knew was brothers, some shit was fucked up and they killed their parents, but I never knew why or the extent of why. Listen, I'm glad they motherfucking killed their motherfucking parents. Okay? <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, girl, it gets worse. But yes, yes, yes. I can't wait till we have like rumble banter about our opinions on this because yes, yes. Okay, so um, so yeah, she basically dismisses him and tells him you know, that, like, he's making it up, that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then basically, like, admits to, oh, well, you know, he's just doing it because of this, 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 this. Like, he's doing it out of love. Bitch, no. Then, after this, he doesn't, he never really told anyone because his dad told him that he would kill him if he did. So he was like, well, my dad's over here telling me he's going to kill me if I ever say anything. And I told my mom, and she doesn't even want to do anything. So he's over here like, fuck it. Who am I supposed to tell at this point? He ain't got I guess I just got to fucking deal with it. That's so sad. <clears throat> so moving on from there, time went on and the abuse continued um, for some time. Eventually, Lyle would sleep in the bedroom sometimes with his parents as a kid. And there was times where... That would end up with him touching his mom <gasps> inappropriately. Mm-hmm. And he never noted, like he said that she never touched him back, but that she would kiss him. Um, And that their dad would be in the bed as well. Watching. Not really doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. I feel yeah, like when I'm I reaching this point where I'm speechless now. When I, I got to a part of this when I got a part of this trial, I was like, I don't even know how much more I could watch of this. <laughs> I, I did ask. I was like, this just gets worse and worse and worse. But yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. So eventually that Shiraz continues for some time. But Lyle's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm, this is just not what I want to do. Because, like, so a point he only did it because he felt like that was going to make him feel like his mom loved him. But then he realized that that's not what was happening. So, um, he then, he just stopped it. And he told her that he wasn't going to do it anymore and all this stuff. You will not fucking believe this bitch's reaction. Okay. She dead ass got mad at her son because he didn't want to touch her no more. <gasps> so okay. much so. So much so, bro. He, She would harass him. Like, she would continuously expose herself around the house. She would pick him up from practices in nothing but a robe and expose herself in the car. 
She would purposely call him into the room when she was changing and didn't have any clothes on. She would leave her underwear all over the house. She would go as far as asking Lyle if she looked beautiful. And if Lyle said yes, she would go off and call him a liar and say all this bullshit. And she visibly was upset at the fact that, like, he didn't want to be involved with her like that anymore. And it got so bad to the point, like, where when he eventually wanted to have a girlfriend and shit in the future, like, she tried everything and anything to sabotage, to just, like, make it fucking terrible. I'm not frozen. I'm literally stuck with my mouth wide open because I just cannot. I can't process it, and I'm not, I'm not, speech, I'm, I don't know what else to say at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, not, imagine not only being just completely violated by your father, but now your mom making you feel guilty for not wanting to do that. It's like you have no protection. There's no, there's mm-hmm. no winning. There's no side to get out. You have one sick fuck, and then you have another sick fuck. It's like, and you're stuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so, you know, not because now we're back when they're like six. And so they started since they were that young, six, seven, eight, whatever. And so there was a physical abuse aspect to it. There was, you know, violating their childhood, taking their innocence away on top of disrespecting them, belittling them, breaking them down, like emotionally fucking them up even more than they already were for the physical abuse like yes but there's more so can you fucking tell us so (laughs) (laughs) careful what you asked for (laughs) so oh my god so during his testimony there comes a point where Lyle is asked a certain question. And Lyle is made to go back to when he's eight years old. And he's asked if there's ever a time where this situation happened outside of with him and his dad. And he confesses. Oh my god. That when he was eight years old, he would take Eric into the woods and he would play with him with a toothbrush like his dad used to do. So he admitted that the first time Eric was ever molested, to his knowledge, was because of him. And then Eric Eric later did confirm that the first time he was molested at five years old was because of his brother. Um, but here's what I want to add to that. This is an example of what is called mirroring and modeling behavior. Yeah. And this is how we know that kids really don't know what the fuck they're taught, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they really mm-hmm. are repeating what they're taught. He did not know any better at this age. His dad made him believe all of these stories on how this is normal and all this shit Mm -hmm. that eventually he was like, oh, well, if this is being done to me, then let me go play with my brother. You know what I mean? He didn't think he's like, if this is special, if this is how my dad shows me love, then that's what I'm doing with my brother. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It wasn't something that happened a lot. Um, you know, like it wasn't like a repeated offense for many years, 
eventually it did stop. But, you know, that is just something that is not only, again, you're taking that on to now you were violated by your parents, but you feel guilty now for now that you're old enough to know what the fuck you did. To that, know that you, you did were it to doing. Yeah. Damn. But. Um, that's a little, that's kind of like the end of the road right now with Lyle's story. Um, there's some stuff, you know, to talk more about what happened with Eric now, because I gave you, you know, Eric's childhood and stuff like that, but we didn't talk about the abuse of Eric's. Yeah. Eric, excuse uh-huh. me. So, um, I do want to note that the sexual abuse between Jose and Lyle only lasted between the ages of six and eight. The stuff with his mom was a little bit past the age of eight. Those things kind of lingered. Um, and between Lyle, it was after the age of eight, it was more so um, uh, emotional and verbal and a mental abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. With Eric, the situation was a little different. Um, unfortunately, Eric was molested by his father from the ages of six to 18. Damn. Wow. So about. 12 years of his life. Um, With Eric, things started off as touching and arousal of him. Eventually, it turned into the grooming of sexual gratification, um, forcible oral copulation, sodomy, and rape by the use of foreign objects. Um, Some things that happened was uh, Jose would forcibly pull Eric's hair to orally copulate, which I didn't know what orally copulate meant, but it's actually the, the act of giving oral sex. Giving oral um, sex. So, yeah, so he would um, force him to orally copulate. Um, he would slap him repeatedly after he would cry. Um, after, excuse me, I said that wrong. So after after that happened, um, to be this is going to be kind of very graphic, but his father finished in his mouth and Eric started crying at that point because he just didn't know what the fuck was happening and his father like slapped him and like just va- just degraded him obviously um after this happened uh forcibly sodomized him repeated acts uh, of that um Eric would cry and cry and cry but the father was just so fucked up that he would wait he would he would purposely wait till his mom and Lyle weren't home to do the sodomy because he knew Eric was going to cry and didn't want anybody wow. to hear. Wow, bro. <clears throat> um, uh, sorry. So this is all also a very pervasive way that Jose did this to toughen up his children. That's his philosophy, my friends. That was his fucking motive. To toughen up his children. Sure. Yeah. That's a fucking way. Mm-hmm. Right. Just completely destroy your child's innocence. But that's how we're going to toughen up a child. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, And he basically kind of... He would ridicule Eric and basically like show, like tell him, You're not a Menendez. This is not the strength of a Menendez. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and his dad would purposely do things to scare him and like, be just be brutal when it came to sexual pleasures. And it was just fucking gross. Um, he also added intentional infliction of pain. So he would literally 
purposely hurt him to give him more pain tolerance. Um, uh, what else? And I do want to say that this actually, the, the reason that he felt the need to do this to Eric came because he received a shot at the doctor's office and Eric cried and he looked, he had the nerve to tell Eric that no Menendez cries over a, a needle like that to toughen up that, that there was no need for him to cry. So he used various needle, various objects against Eric, such as needles, tacks, wooden objects, knotted ropes. Um, and these are the no. days that Eric called them the dark days. My God. Um, Eric says that during this time he was taught how not to feel physical pain, how not to think about terrible things as they are happening to you, as they are happening to you. Like, can you just fucking, th can we just process that for a second? No. A child is being taught how to actively detach from themselves while a traumatic experience is happening to them. Yeah. The level of psychological warfare that that creates is just fucking, it's, it's, impar it's unparable. You cannot fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. That's, I don't know. I'm speechless as fuck. Just taking this all in right now. Um, he recalls that this is basically where he began to realize that he can never trust an adult. Um, he says that he felt like he could never trust anyone, especially those who claim to love and care for you. Um, he says that he also taught, he was taught how to hate himself and he felt like he was a coward because he could never do anything to protect himself. Um, but this is also because he was threatened with the fact that this was a special secret. And if that anybody ever found out outside of the family that his father would kill him. And if there's one thing that he knew Jose meant was true, that he would kill him when he had the chance. He's like, mm. because the last thing my father ever wanted was to ruin his reputation. Mm. Um, so that's some of the extent of that abuse. And here is where Kitty does not come to help the situation. She would go as far as checking Eric's genitals to make sure that there was no, no signs of STDs there. Wow. However, when Eric was in the room with his father, she would never go upstairs. She wouldn't even go near the door. She wouldn't allow anybody else near the door either. Oh, my God. Um, there was times where Eric would be throwing up after these sexual encounters with his father and she wouldn't even check on him she would blatantly ignore him um and if there was any other signs so like she would ignore him if the dad was around and if it had anything to do with the dad but if he was like sick because of the flu or something like that then she would somewhat pay attention to him but if it had anything to do with the father she would deliberately ignore him so obviously she knew right right because she's choosing so she, to, like, uh, I don't know if I will use the word avoid, but you're saying that she stayed away when she knew that that's what was going on. So, you didn't intervene. So, anything besides intervening, you were just fucking up. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, there was just, there, there was just so much more to it, like, 
she really just didn't care about her kids ultimately so much so like she didn't even take them to tutoring <laughs> she would sign them up to tutoring wouldn't even take them like that's how much she just really didn't want to intervene with anything that it came to her children she didn't want to be bothered with them by them she didn't care for their well-being honestly you know it, it got to the point that these people had so much fucking money but why is it that in their home the only thing these kids ever had to eat was box of carnation bars Oh my like, I don't know if they make them anymore, but apparently it was carnation milk bars that they used to sell. And they had boxes of that. And that's pretty much what these boys lived off of. Professional athletes living off of fucking carnation boxes. Yeah, that's uh, malnutrition as fuck. Yeah. I was like, you know, so not only are they enduring years of abuse year of sexual abuse excuse me the emotional abuse psychological abuse you know they're being basically starved you know like yeah. yeah they're just any form of abuse you could think of is literally what's happening to them um let's see damn bro so, they did not catch a break <clears throat> No, they didn't. They really didn't. They they really didn't. And it sucks because Eric never felt comfortable to talk to Lyle about the situation either. So the only way this ever really came to find this ever came to what it came to um, started because for a long time, Lyle was just hearing noises like taking place in, in the room and he, shit he recognized because he had been going through it years before. And mm-hmm. for a while, he wanted to ignore it. And he was like, it can't be. Like, no. Like, this, that, whatever. And eventually, he was like, okay, I can't not not say anything at this point. I'm pretty sure I know what the fuck is going on. So the first confrontation that they had was at 13 years old. was when Lyle was 13 years old. And Lyle um, says that it took him a a few days to gain the courage to really say to know what he was going to say. Like the the fear that this boy had towards his dad was so like was so grand that he dead ass would write footnotes of what he was going to say to his father. So he didn't get anything wrong to avoid his dad basically beating his ass. Oh, my God. Because if he just so much said something wrong, if he stuttered, if he just showed any type of anything, his dad would just fucking whoop him. So when it came to finally building the courage to hopefully putting an end to this abuse, he says it took him a few days to draft up a little note or whatnot. And he walks up to his dad and he says, you know what? He's like, it's time that you stop touching Eric. He's like, I know what's going on. I know what you're doing. He's like, and you need to stop. And, you know, like, I'll, I'll let people know what you're doing. Um, Basically, Jose goes off to say that Eric is making things up and that he would never do that. And that anything that happens between them anyways is up to him. And because Eric is his child and he could do what he wants, basically. And that if Lyle said anything further or told anybody that he would kill him. Wow. Oh, man. So Lyle says that after that attempt, he really just never continued to go on to, you know, to say anything to his mom about what's happening between Eric and the dad. 
because he felt like, okay, well, at this point, she didn't believe me. She's not going to believe me about Eric. So, and he was like, and I don't want to make her upset. She's going to hit me. She's going to this. She's going to that. So he didn't tell her. He didn't tell her. Wow. Wow. So after this point, basically a few days pass and Eric doesn't admit that things are happening still, <clears throat> but he does say he does tell Lyle that some things have changed in a good way, apparently. So obviously that leads Lyle to believe that things are stopping. Things are taking, you know, a turn for the best. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that is obviously not the case in this situation. And I'm going to stop there. And when we come back next week, I will let you know what unraveled that led oh the Bananas Brothers to doing what they did. Doing what they did. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that is part two of the Menendez Brothers. Okay. And some serious detail on that backstory that concluded in them murdering their parents. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Well, good one. Good one. Cannot wait to hear how this unravels, closes up, finish off. What, mm-hmm. how they even did it? Because I don't know that either. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's so, just crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So, but obviously, knowing that they do do that, you know, and obviously now having some background, some serious context as to what actually went on in that home for those years, you know, you could obviously be like, okay, well, now it makes sense. Now I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So I'm looking forward to that last episode. Um, if you have loved everything you've heard so far, go leave us a review. Tell us. Yeah. Whatever you want to tell us in the com- in a review on Apple Podcast, um, written review. Was, yeah, was, we appreciate the five stars, but just the way it works. No one knows why this is the way it works, but the way it works is they look at the written reviews, and that's how they decide that we matter and that we're important. So, um, if you enjoy listening to to our cases and you enjoy hanging out with us. Go leave us a review and tell us. We appreciate it very much. Please, also, please, do tell please. us in the DMs um, everything you have to, like your opinion about this case. And um, maybe we can uh, mention it on the last episode where we get to really talk about and banter on about this freaking case. I know, because there's just so that. much. I want to talk about because obviously there's just so many aspects of psychological things in here and just so many different forms of abuse. So it, it is just, it piles up all on top of each other. It is just like a complete mind fuck and how it ends in, in the ending. And then on top of that, I really can't wait to talk about um, some of the stuff that happened in the trial as well, which I don't know, maybe we could do like, a follow-up video to give you guys some time to watch some of the trial and then we can actually all like really really talk about it because mm, there's yeah. just there's a lot of shit that you guys are going to be like what the fuck but yeah okay I, I knew there was a lot of sexual abuse i didn't know that um lyle had a had abused eric right yeah, yeah i did yeah. not know about Crazy, that right? i i saw their case um 
in college sometime and it was it, it there wasn't as much information out as there is now obviously there definitely was mm-hmm. not a like their own version it was just kind of like what the media said and i think the media was so involved because he was um you know a guy of whatever that shit he was a a hollywood guy so i yeah i remember like how hard they were going at them for you know the actions after and stuff so i remember a little bit i don't remember everything and i did not know that i knew there was sexual abuse like i Honestly, you could just see the pictures and just could tell. It's just, he looks like, to me, John Wayne Gacy. So when I saw him, that's what I think of. And y'all know I think John Wayne Gacy is disgusting. So. I see what he looked like. Let me look it up. Go on. I'm going to look he's this up. He's like, he's like chunky. Um, like kind of like John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. I mean, they don't look just alike, but they look alike Enough. No, yeah, definitely. Creeperish. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, he. I mean, and if you look at some of the pictures also that they, they portray, which I'll, I'll obviously post with the content for the week, but he has yeah. his hands all up on his kids in, in, in inappropriate places, and he just, he was just an inappropriate creep. Like, there was just... Oh, and, my God. And as you say yeah, that, I find this picture. That's the exact <laughs> picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh! That is the exact picture. Oh my god! Yeah, I forgot we used this for last week context. I don't know. I didn't register his ugly mug. Oh, he mm, does give yeah. J John John Wayne Gacy vibes. Super super creeper vibes. Yeah, I was like, ah, uh, nah. It definitely. Yeah, I mean. The information also that's out now is just, it's even more new than it was just a few years ago because, like I said, now the trial itself is out. So there is, like, legit real shit that a lot of people didn't know. And it really does show you how vilified these kids were for no reason. I also do want to know that the media really exaggerated shit because... There, you know how you guys probably saw clips on how like they were portrayed to be like these pompous little boys because they were laughing and smiling sometimes in court and shit like that. Well, those clips were completely fucking taken out of context. I've seen that. Yeah, number one, people smile and laugh in very uncomfortable, dangerous situations. So we can't always take that into you know like for what it is. Number two, mm-hmm. they definitely just butchered the shots. And completely didn't give you context as to why they might have been smiling and laughing. A, a few jokes were made to them at the time. I was just going to say, maybe had, the prosecutor made a joke and the whole courtroom was fucking smiling his, and laughing. His defense attorney had made a joke to him as he was walking in and he laughed. Yeah, and I remember so that, that whole one. thing. So that whole thing, it looks like when he's walking into the courtroom, like he's walking with some grimace and like he's like, I'm the shit. No, they, they literally... Like, we'll talk more about it uh, as well in my, in my final episode, but the media really, I think the media really screwed this case. It was not in their favor at all. The media mm-hmm. did not help them. And and it, it is really sad to see that a lot of why the ending for them came out to be what it is, is because of the opinions of the media. Mm. Okay. Thank you for listening and hope you guys enjoyed it. Like, rate, subscribe, right. share with your friends. See you next week.
Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Las Chicas del Crime. We hope you join us next time for another episode full of crime y chisme. Give us a follow on all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which we will list on the description of this episode. Please also rate our show and leave us a review as that helps bring awareness to our podcast. We appreciate it. Gracias.